Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who uh, only just woke up. Welcome, Jacob. Uh, after last week, yes, I think I finally woke up. <laughs> Why, thank you. And uh, let me introduce our co-host, the man who believes he's stuck in his most favorite dream in the world, and then he realizes he's sitting on his couch eating potato chips and playing video games. Welcome, Drew. How do you know that's not my dream? I don't know, is it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, how are you doing, Jacob? I am doing much better. So, since we couldn't record last week because of your cold, I assume you've... Not really cold. You just had some sinus drainage. Yeah, I'd... I'd, I'd Are you feeling... Is that pretty much cured? Yeah, pretty much. uh, Am I going to have to be on the cough button tonight? you, You might. Maybe, just okay, maybe. Okay. Uh, I had a fairly, I had a, I had a sinus infection uh, last week. Had to had to cancel recording. Uh, that's why you got a uh, a loony virus. Mm-hmm. Which thank the Lord we did the loony viruses. We've got two more of those. Good. We're gonna have to record some more. Soon. Yeah, those are gonna be fun eventually. But I think um, we might do Tom and Jerry next. Right on. But yeah, I was I was I was fairly sick. I was I was on vacation, thankfully because that would have been miserable at work. Because I'm on my feet the entire day, mm-hmm. so they're gonna thank you so much, everyone who reached out uh, when Drew put that post out, and uh, yeah, thank you just for your your um, your concern, your 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 caring words, uh, your prayers are much appreciated. I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling ten times better. You can probably hear my voice. I'm still a little bit, uh, maybe a li- just the tiniest bit. Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm great. It's just probably my voice is a little bit. It's it's not too. It's not too not the fighting scale as it as gotcha, it should. Gotcha, gotcha. But other than that, thank you guys so much to uh, to our fans, to family, to friends who just reached out and to be like, hey, are you okay? And yeah, I am doing much better. Uh, if you would have, if I would have done this, if we were recorded on Tuesday, I would have sounded like this the entire time. And it wouldn't have been a good recording, so I, I wanted to do I wanted to do the the show justice, and give uh, give the the show the best uh, the best of my ability. So yeah, that's one of the reasons we uh, I decided not to do it. So yeah, I'm doing much better, and went back to work and uh, getting back into the swing of things, and instead of. Watching TV all day <laughs> and drawing and all this good stuff. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting vacation. Let's say that. All right. How about you? I it's been work. <laughs> it's been work. Okay. It's been well. I mean, it was a bit of a week. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, all 
all with the exception of one night, all my normal evening activities were pretty much canceled last week for one reason or another. Okay. So I played a lot of video games and I watched some movies last week and I went to work. So it was kind of a very dull week to some degree. Okay. Though I did go into uh into Lindell to visit my folks this weekend. Okay, good. So Uh, just so since I know you have watched a ton, yes, I'm gonna go first so I can let you have the floor. Okay, go for so, it. So, as many of y'all know, over on Retro Rewinds Discord, I'm running the backlog golf, mm-hmm. so it's very uh, I feel like I should be putting in a lot of work on that since I'm running it, <laughs> right? At least trying to stay up, but so, uh, I watched quite a number of uh things this week really uh yeah since the last time we recorded along with paprika i have watched my neighbors the amadas which is a uh studio ghibli film that Mm -hmm. we're actually going to be reviewing later this year okay i also watched invasion of the astro monster yeah because see i have i'm sure y'all noticed it up here the godzilla collection uh-huh. Behind Jacob's head. It's I, a very large head. And it's a very large collection. Uh, <laughs> I've been working my way through that. And so uh, where when, when Backlog Golf started, I was to Invasion of the Astro Monster. And then I went and watched Abira Horror of the Deep. Okay. Abira is actually kind of a mix between a lobster and a shrimp. Okay. It was an interesting movie. And then today I watched... Son of Godzilla. That is the goofiest movie I have ever seen. <laughs> you just don't expect happy-go-lucky music no, in a movie don't. about Godzilla. But it was still a fun little movie. Uh, also, I played a couple... Ge- uh, yeah, I also watched Labyrinth okay. for the first time. Good movie. Or first time all the way through, I should say, because I had watched like a part of it before, but I just never got around to finishing it. Yeah. And then I beat a couple of video games: uh, Super Mario 3D World, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, uh, Saban's Power Rangers: Battle for the Grid. That's a fighting game. Yeah, and it's a weird fighting game. Okay. I don't mean. I know it's based on the uh, Boom Studios comics, mm-hmm. which are good. Yeah, which I have never gotten around to finishing reading. But uh, the way the game plays, it's kind of weird. Okay, because mid battle, you'll switch and be playing the villain. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird, but I did beat it. So yeah, and then uh, on the Sunday night, you. Copped, you you uh, stayed home because of the cold. Mm-hmm. Our good buddy Chase sat. Uh, me and him watched 2010, the year we made contact, the sequel to 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. That is another weird movie, but it made more sense than 2001. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. All right, and playing. Interesting. So, um, 
Now you get to go over all the little things you've been watching. Okay. All right. So last week I was on vacation and I was sick. I had a sinus infection, like I said before. So I did have plans that I was going to go to Dallas for a night and uh, just go and just do something I've never done before. Nothing illegal. Just go and hang out and probably go to a toy store and look for toys because uh, that's something I like to do. It's fun. Um, uh, other than that, what I watched was I finished up Batman, the animated series uh, with season four. That is a very interesting season because they start throwing in different characters. Mm-hmm. And then I started it on uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And I got all the way th- to season five, uh, disc one. And so I am very interested in what goes on uh, at the very end of season five. And I know there's a sixth season and there's a seventh season. Uh-huh. So that's going to so be you're at, you're at the beginning of season five? Yeah, very beginning of season five. I'm at the end of season four. We are almost even. Okay. You passed me, but not by much. Okay. All right. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for a, a movie I'm doing a review over for another podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found it. It was on VHS. <laughs> uh, so that was no dice. So I'm looking around this one booth at a... a um, at a... Now, Gary, this was like two weeks ago. Yeah. When I found this. Uh, I found Halloween 2 and uh, Goosebumps. Mm. Not Goosebumps, but uh, Beetlejuice. So I'd seen Beetlejuice before when I was a really young kid, and we reviewed Halloween, the original John Carpenter film, uh, on Movie of the Week podcast. So I would always been interested in what happened after the first one. And the second one is a direct sequel. It picks it up just automatically. And to be honest, it's kind of a dud. I mean, like, it's, it's very predictable. You know when Michael Myers is going to show up. Uh, it's it's not. There's not as much suspense. It's not going to... There's not a, the, the ratcheting in which I like to describe the first one. It's kind of... It's very formulaic. There's, there's some interesting ideas what they do. Um, but... There again, it's an older it's an older movie. So three, two, one. Michael Myers has a sister, is <laughs> in um, Michelle Myers. No. Ashley Myers. You're really throwing me off. Judy Myers. <laughs> Judy in disguise. Wendy Myers. <laughs> I'm just listening. Yeah. To our 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 our, our, ma- our main heroine from the first one. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I don't remember her name. <laughs> I, I am drawing a blank too. I am I am terrible. The, and plus, her wig in that movie is absolutely abysmal. Uh, but it's it's okay. It's it's not it's not a great film. It's okay. It's kind of a dur kind of a film. Uh, I watched that. Wasn't really impressed with it. Uh, so moving on. Uh, Speaking of horror, uh, I had watched a little bit of this when I was younger. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a very interesting take on the new ni- uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street take uh, franchise because at that point Freddy was quite literally dead. Uh, they killed Freddy off or Freddy Krueger in the fifth film, and so New Line Cinema was more okay. What are we going to do? 
be like, and Wes Craven was because he had gotten out of the game several years before. And uh, they had approached him about, be like, what would you think about doing a new, uh, a, a new um, Freddy movie? It was like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's like, well, what would you do with it? And so he came up with this, that it's, it's dealing with the, the actual actors, the actual character actors who played the characters, mm-hmm. like the, the woman who played Nancy, she plays a fictional version of herself. You see most of the, you see Wes Craven as Wes, as a fictional version of himself. You see like a bunch of people from the original films playing themselves, a fictional version of themselves. And there's a whole lot of very unique things they do in that film that, um, that Freddie is a, um, there again, three, two, one spoiler alert. Freddie isn't just a character. He apparently he's the demonic being that has somehow found himself from the movie into the real world. And so now the the actress who played Nancy has to defeat him again, but in real life this time. Mm. So it's an interesting movie. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. I actually watched it twice. So that was that was great. Uh, I wa- I finally found it. This is the movie I've been looking for for several, like a month or so. Uh, so I'll be doing a... <coughs> excuse me. I'll be doing a review of this movie, True Lies, uh, James Cameron, for, um, what was that? What is that? Either way, I will... Uh, video Store Rejects? Yeah, Video Store Reject uh, podcasts. Uh, they're going through... Uh, good night. Uh, they're, they're going through uh, uh, famous directors, and they're, they're currently going through James Cameron. And uh, I'd mentioned him wanting to do True Lies or something like Terminator 2. And uh, one of the hosts got a hold of me. It's like, hey, what do you think about doing True Lies? And sure, not a problem. It's and a then big, you couldn't find the movie. I couldn't find it because there again, this movie is only on DVD. It has never been transferred to Blu-ray, never been given the, the royal Well, not treatment. outside of Hong Kong. Outside of Hong Kong, of course. But... Um, James Cameron apparently has no time for this film whatsoever because he's on this Avatar trip. But uh, yeah, so I finally watched it again after all these years, and it's still a very funny, goofy movie. Uh, <coughs> other than that, uh, I watched that, and then I started watching Outlaw Star, which is an anime series. Yeah. Uh, from the, I th- want to say it's like the er, late 90s. Outlaw Star? Yeah. Yeah, it was from the late 90s. Uh, it was on Toonami, and I remember watching it. It's it's I mean, kind of... I, I saw it in the early 2000s originally, so yeah. yeah, it would have to be late 90s. Yeah, it was it was, it was was a good series. Uh, I've watched it completely, and so I decided to watch it again, because they're going home, and I'm sick, and I don't watch, like... Um, uh, Lonesome Dove. When I'm sick, I'm I'm not I'm not that kind of person. I gotta watch something else. Uh, so I, I watched a little bit of that. Uh, I wa- started watching rewatching uh NCIS. Um, that's a show. F- it start this show started in 2002, 2003, something like that. And it's still going. 
So it's very long running, and I've started watching season one. Season one is amazing. It's so much fun. The ending, oh my gosh, I love the definitely the very end of that series is so good. Like one of our characters dies, and it that character never comes back, which I loved it, and that just kind of leads into season two. Just like ah, love it. And uh, there's so many good points about NCIS. I love NCIS for the simple fact that it's a crime show. They deal with murder. There's a homicide. And it's it's all based on Navy and Marines. And there's some really, really good character development in those shows. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah. And then the, the last thing I watched um, kind of... I was, th- I was thinking about... I was thinking about something I had watched when I was a kid and I had not watched in forever. So I popped in McClintock. That's a good one. <laughs> From uh, John Wayne, not Chow Wayne, John Wayne. But, uh, which I, I love this movie to death. Now, granted, some people are like, oh my gosh, they did that back in the 60s. It's like, yes, they did that in the 60s. It's a comedy. Get over it. <laughs> uh, I dare say this movie probably wouldn't be exactly politically correct, but it's still a funny film. But uh, I enjoyed it. I love this film to death. And um, it's it's great when you have all these amazing actors and just uh, a funny script and all these great... It's it's just a great movie. If you've never watched McClintock or a John Wayne movie in general, go watch mm-hmm. it. They're great films. So yeah, that is what I've been watching for the last... Week, two weeks, two weeks, it's been two weeks, it's been two weeks, two weeks, anyway. Yeah, either way, so that is all I have been watching. So, uh, we did get a review this week, really. Yes, oh. in the last two weeks, uh, over on our on Pod Chaser, okay. The uh, net, I think said the Netflix, the IMDb of podcasts, okay. Please go rate us there if you're not going to rate us on iTunes, exactly, but rate us on iTunes, also uh, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Go rate us in everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'll go ahead Give and read. Love. I'll go ahead and read this one that was on Pod Chaser, which is from uh, our good friend Geek Devotions, who was on our uh, Tenshi Muyo in Love episode. Yes, go check and, that out. And uh, he gave us a five stars and says, "Love these guys. Drew and Jacob do a fantastic job of examining everyone's favorite animated films, discussing the major story plots, and bringing out interesting discuss- discussion topics, all while having fun." Listening to them really likes it, bleh. Listening to them really is like being a fly on the wall watching two friends laugh and have fun. Thanks for that geek devotion. Yeah, thank we you. Appreci- we appreciate you uh, leaving that review, which means we need to do go into our spoiler-free thoughts mm-hmm. on Paprika. So I think it's this nice little spice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I've never actually used the spice paprika, so I have no idea what it tastes like. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dash of insanity. I know it was on the table uh, next to the mozzarella, next to the <coughs> shredded parmesan at all the uh, pizza restaurants I've been at my whole life. Right. The spices, anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're actually talking about the movie Paprika. Yes. A trip. Of a movie, let's just say that. Yeah, kind of an inception, if you will. It may have inspired that just, movie, just maybe a little bit, uh, especially with one, especially that hallway scene. You mm-hmm. can tell that. Oh like, yeah, Nolan may have just ripped that one straight out. Maybe uh, they're getting another movie. Go watch that. Yeah, I movie. I saw this movie originally, probably at about 
uh, 07, 08, I believe. Okay. Um, this was when I was really starting to get into the, I must watch every anime that comes available to purchase at my local Walmart back when that was still a novelty. Ah. And this was one of the ones that came in. Ah. And then I don't know what happened to my original copy. Oh, fun. So I had to buy that again. Oh, no. Which means I'll probably find it later, but I'm sure it was on DVD at the time. So. Okay. Uh, I remember watching it, and I remember thinking, what on earth did I just watch? Not the first time. I, this will not be the last time I, I'll say that about an anime this year. Because <laughs> I know one of the ones we're doing later, I said the same thing after I first watched it. Uh, but I, I did enjoy the movie the first time I saw it. Even though it was a little weird. Okay. Um, and then somehow it just disappeared from my mind for about... 10, 15, well, about 10 years. And then we started talking about the podcast, and I got to thinking about what would be a good what good anime that would uh, show off how good animation is. And this was one of the first ones that came to mind, was yeah. Paprika. Because I remember it being weird, trippy, and yet still good. Yeah. What I did not remember, <laughs> as a fair warning to uh, any parents in the room... Uh, that there are, what, about three times that we see breasts? Yeah, nudity. <laughs> on screen. It's like, I did not know that was there. <laughs> I forgot that was there. I must have. It was an interesting shock. Yes. And it was to the point where it's like when I saw it, I said, I got to tell Jacob. I got to warn him. Yeah. Uh, and that's. And strangely enough, those those moments, they're mm. not the creepiest ones. No, they're not. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, 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 yeah, the yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll we'll get, get there when it. we get we'll there. Get to it. Yeah. Believe me, we'll get to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting movie, and I can definitely see how it inspired Inception. Yeah. Uh, and it's, one of the, it's the last movie that Satoshi Kone directed, so I'll just throw that out there. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts? As I blink rapidly, wow! This was going a, through REM sleep. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> At a point where I'm like, "Can I go to sleep now?" Because <laughs> this movie is like, "Whoa, what a trip!" Uh, this was a this was a straight out nutty film. Oh my gosh! The, I I watched the first time for the review. Never even heard of this film. I maybe seen like the cover somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe someone I heard someone mention paprika, and there again, I think the like Drew said, the uh, paprika you find in a in a pizza in a pizza hut or a pizza restaurant. But uh, I enjoyed it. I had to watch it a second time to get everything in this film because it's so dense. It's such a dense film, and there's so much coming at you like left and right. This movie does not slow down whatsoever. Uh, would I recommend it? To- to uh is it family friendly no absolutely no, not no way there there yeah in in this podcast i would strongly recommend uh if your kids listen to you this podcast or watch the podcast with you well, via via stream i should have started off the podcast with a warning yes and i will put this in before the show the show goes out on the on the the rss feeds yeah I will put in, it's like, if you, if, uh, 
if you got kids, you may not want to listen to this episode if they're in the room. <laughs> yeah, so just a fair warning because there, there is going to be a lot of more adult talk about this movie and a lot of like really deep psychological stuff that deals yeah. with uh, more adult things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that you have been warned. Uh, other than that, it's uh, animation wise. Oh my gosh, the amount of detail in every single scene. It's just like jaw dropping, um, and just the uh, the idea that are you asleep? Are you awake? You don't know, and it's just it's it's a mind trip. It is you you are going into a minefield. You don't know how to step, where to step, and you don't know if you're going to get blown up in the next second or not, or, or or get thrown into a dream, which you don't know if it's your, your dream or not. Other than that. It's a good film. It's a very good film. It's worth watching as an adult. Mm-hmm. If you are under the age of 13 or 18, I would highly recommend having parental supervision or guardianship or supervision. Or just skip it. Or just skip it and wait until you're adult to watch it. Uh, because there's going to be a lot of things in here that need unpacking. It's definitely not kid-friendly. This is No, it's not. This is a lot more risque than your name was, which it is, I it think is. previously was the close was the most risque thing we'd done. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's very much an adult film. It is rated R. Yeah. So, yeah, if you are under 18 and you have parents that are very strict about what you watch, please do not rent this film under your parent without your parents' supervision yes. <laughs> or stream it. Let's say that. Because I'm thinking, go to don't the... watch it unless your parents are let you. Exactly. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, because for some weird reason, I went to be like, yeah, go to your local video store. Don't go rent this. I'm like, wait, they don't have video store rentals anymore. <laughs> and I don't think you're gonna f- if you find one. I doubt Paprika will be yeah. there. Well, if you do, send us a picture of it. That'd be that amazing. Would be anyway, anyways, uh, are you ready to hit the bumpers? And yeah, we'll let's let's, let's hit those bumpers. All right. We'll see y'all on the other side. Okay, this podcast is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know, I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on, give me, give me it. Okay. All right, this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as Helix Reviews. Helix Reviews is a podcast where David Arrington reviews movies, music, comic books, video games, and all kinds of media, all from a Christian geek worldview. His hope for this podcast is that it will be entertaining, informative, and interesting, but will also get you thinking about the media you are consuming. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars. And check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The 
The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Paprika. Listener discretion is advised. Paprika was written and directed by Satoshi Kon, who also directed Tokyo Godfathers, another film we need to put on the list at some point. Uh, it was also written by Seshi Minakami, who also wrote some episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's based on the novel by Yasutaka Tsuisui. Tsuisui. Tsu. Anyway. We do our best here, people. I'm sorry. This this is one of the harder Japanese names I've run across. Uh, for the English dub, the cast goes, uh, Cindy Robinson was both the voice of Paprika and Dr. Atsuko Chiba. Mm-hmm. And since 2010... She has been the voice of Amy Rose in the Sonic the Hedgehog series. Really? Mm-hmm. You mean the, the pink one, right? Yes, the pink one. Okay. Yuri Lowenthal was the voice of Kosaku Takeda. Okay. Uh, and he and, and in Final Fantasy VII Remake, he played Johnny. Okay. Do you remember Johnny? From Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Remake. The one that kept uh, getting in trouble and we kept having to save his butt. I think so. He was always those side. It always started off the side quest portions of the of it. Oh yeah, Remember we had to go save him from those Shinra thugs. Oh after yeah, he stupidly was going to go report us. Oh my yeah, I remember that goofy kid. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, why are you doing this, kid? Uh, David Lodge was the voice of Torotaro Shima. And uh, in the video game Persona 5, he's the voice of Igor. Huh. And that's the only way I'm going to say that for the people, those of you who've played Persona 5. You'll have to figure it out otherwise. Uh, Paul St. Peter was the voice of Toshimi Konakawa. That's the detective okay. in the movie. And he was the voice, he, he played the voices of Karamon, Infermon, Diaboromon huh. and Kokomon in Digimon the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Brian Beacock was the voice of Hajime Himuro and Kuga. And uh, in the video game series Danganronpa, he plays the character of Monokuma, which is that black and white bear. Okay. If you've ever seen. Oh, him. yeah, that creepy bear. Yeah, he's the voice of that. Okay. He plays the voice of the creepy bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michael Forrest is the voice of Dr. Sejiro Inui. And in Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, he played Prince Olympias. Okay. I don't know who this character is because I didn't watch that season. But anytime you see a Power Rangers reference, I feel you have to put it in there. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, Doug Erholtz was the voice of Dr. Morio Osanai. And uh, he is currently the voice of Inspector Zenigata in the Lupin the Third movies that have come out recently. Really? Mm-hmm. That, that's another film we need to put in there, Lupin the Third. We've got some Lupin the Third. No, we did, the, we did the, a Lupin the Third. Yeah, but the new Lupin yeah, the Third. We need to put some more Lupin the Third in, yeah, not just agreed. the new one. But yeah. Agreed. And uh, our Kingdom Hearts connections, we come back to Doug Erholtz. Because from Kingdom Hearts 2 onward, he is the voice of Squall, Leon Hart. A.K.A. Leon. <laughs> okay. Also, Paul St. Peter, who was uh, the detective in this one. Yeah. 
in all, throughout all of Kingdom Hearts, he plays a character that you have not met yet. Okay. In our playthrough, named Zemnus. Zemnus. Okay. Except if I've done my research correctly, we actually may meet him uh, in the first game. Okay. Interesting. Indeed. Now you have me intrigued. That brings me to the end of the Kingdom Hearts Connections, which means info and stuff, please, All right. sir. All right. So info and stuff. Uh, you can watch this basically anywhere you can you can uh, purchase streaming uh, streaming rights. Uh, you can watch it on uh, uh, Vudu. On a, on Vudu for two ninety nine, you also watch it on uh, Amazon Prime Video for the exact same price. Uh, it's like two ninety nine between three ninety nine. It's it's worth a watch, people. Go watch it. Unless you're a kid, don't watch it. Until you're an adult. Uh, it has an ID IMDB. Thank you. Seven point six out of ten. Uh, production was Madhouse. And how much I love Madhouse animation mm-hmm. is not even questionable here. Um, for example, go watch. And I'm drawing a blank in a movie we just watched with a friend. You're not thinking of. Uh... No, I'm thinking of wrong, wrong one. I'm thinking Studio Trigger. Yeah, that's Studio Trigger. That's Studio Trigger. Either way, they're both really good studios. <laughs> yeah. I nearly took my foot in my mouth. Thank you very much for say, for pull, pulling the foot out of said mouth. Thank you. All right. So, uh, distributing-wise, it was uh, distributed by Sony Pictures Entertainment here in America and well, in Japan. Sp- specifically, Sony Pictures Classics. Yeah, Classics. Very true. As that is their arm for their pretentious movies. All right. All right, so this films. this is interesting. This its its release was September second, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Can you guess where? Japan. Eh. Wrong. Cannes Film Festival. Sundance. Venice. Ah, Venice. Ah, of all places, it was a re- it was premiered in Venice. Which is really cool. I think uh, that's the one country that wasn't referenced at any point during this movie. That is true. <laughs> All right. So, and it was officially really, it was officially released in Japan on November twenty fifth, two thousand six. Uh, it actually made a premiere uh, between February twenty sixth and March third, two thousand seven, at the National Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington D.C. Hmm. Now, a very big thanks to Drew because he did the uh, conversion for me. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, the budget for this film was 300 million yen, and the conversion uh, for the year 2006 was 2.8 million dollars U.S. Well, that's accounting for inflation and the transfer rate at the time, and yeah, it's that is worth that in today's dollars. Yeah. All right, so it had a box office U.S. wise was thirty five thousand dollars, and that was March or May two thousand six seven. Sorry, uh, its U.S. gross was eight hundred and eighty two thousand dollars, and its U.S. gross, its a uh, worldwide gross was nine hundred and forty four thousand dollars. So. 
Yeah, I think it didn't really make its budget. No, it didn't. But it's still a, it's still a really trippy, very experimental, and it influenced a lot apparently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I can I can find. Be like, I can't find anything on home release about this film mm-hmm. unless unless I just really deep you know really you know plunge into the matrix of uh, trying to find what um, find this information, but I couldn't find it. Right. So yeah, that's all I got for everyone's stuff. All right, jumping into the summary. In the near future, a newly created device called the DC Mini allows the user to view people's dreams. The head of the team working on this treatment, Dr. Atsuko Chiba, begins using the machine illegally to help psychiatric patients outside the research facility by assuming her dream world alter ego, Paprika. Chiba's closest allies are Dr. Torotaro Shima, the chief of the department, and Dr. Kosaku Tokita, inventor of the DC Mini. Paprika counsels Detective Toshimi Konakawa, who is plagued by a recurring dream. She gives Konakawa a card with the name of a website on it. Because they are unfinished prototypes, the DC Minis lack access restrictions, allowing anyone to enter another person's dreams, which poses grave consequences when they are stolen. Shima goes on a nonsensical tirade and jumps through a window, nearly killing himself. Upon examining Shima's dream, which is a parade of random objects, Tokita recognizes his assistant, Kei Himuro, which confirms their suspicion that the theft was an inside job. When two other scientists fall victim to the DC Mini, the company's chairman, Dr. Sejiro Inoue, who was against the project to begin with, bans the use of the device. This fails to hinder the crazed parade now inside Himuro's dream, which claims Takeda. Paprika and Shima discover that Himuro is only an empty shell. The real culprit is Inui, who believes that he must protect dreams from humankind's influence through dream therapy with the help of Dr. Morio Osunai. Paprika is captured by the pair after an exhausting chase. Osunai admits his love for Chiba and peels away Paprika's skin to reveal Chiba underneath. However, he is interrupted by the outraged Inui, who demands that they finish off Chiba as the two share Osunai's body. They battle for control. Konakawa enters the dream and flees with Chiba back into his own recurring dream. Osunai gives chase, which ends in Konakawa shooting Osunai to take control of the dream. They, the act kills Osunai's physical body in the real world. Dreams and reality begin to merge. The dream parade runs amuck in the city and reality starts to unravel. Shima is nearly killed by a giant Japanese doll, but is saved by Paprika, who has become separate from Chiba. Amidst the chaos, Takeda, in the form of a giant robot, eats Chiba and prepares to do the same to Paprika. A ghostly apparition of Chiba appears and reveals that she has been in love with Takeda and has been repressing these emotions. She comes to terms with her repressed desires, reconciling herself with the part of her that is Paprika. Inui returns in the form of a giant humanoid nightmare, reveals his twisted dreams of omnipotence, and threatens to darken the world with his delusions. Paprika throws herself into Takeda's body. A baby emerges from the robotic shell and consumes Inui, aging into a fully grown combination of Chiba and Paprika as she does so, then fades away, ending the nightmare. In the final scene, Chiba sits at Takeda's bedside as he wakes up. Later, Konakawa visits the website from Paprika's card and receives a message from Paprika. Uh, 
Atsuko will change her name to Takeda, and I suggest watching the movie Dreaming Kids. Konakawa enters a movie theater and purchases a ticket for Dreaming Kids. Hmm. Getting into the trivia for this episode. When uh, Paprika interviews uh, Konakawa and his filmmaker guys, his mannerisms and appearance resemble that of director Akira Kurosawa. It does. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just thought about that. Yeah. The tall and short bartenders on Paprika's website mm-hmm. in the Japanese version mm-hmm. are dubbed by the director, Satoshi Kon, and the original author of the Paprika novel, Yasutaka Tsutsui, respectively. Really? Interesting. The movie Inception in 2010 is actually inspired by Paprika. No, you think? No, I couldn't imagine that at all. (laughs) Uh, At the end of the film, when uh, Kagawa Tashimi finally goes to the movies, the camera slowly scrolls over some of the movie posters. Mm -hmm. The most visible ones are from Satoshi Kon's previous three movies, Perfect Blue in 1997, Mm -hmm. Millennium Actress in 2001, and Tokyo Godfathers in 2003. The movie Dreaming Kids that she suggests he go see was supposed to be a reference to the next movie that Satoshi Kon was working on. Okay. He did not finish it prior to his death, though. And the movie was never released. Oh, okay. Uh, When Paprika enters Takeda's dream, she surfs the sky on a cloud dressed as a warrior. I wonder where that's from. I was just about to ask if you knew what that was from. Uh, yeah, the Monkey King. Uh, yeah, this could be an Easter. I, I like how where I got this from it says this could be an Easter egg. Could referring be referring to Son Goku and his uh, flying Nimbus cloud. Uh huh. But the additional details of Paprika's crown and staff call to mind the Chinese mythical figure known as Sun Wukong. Or the Monkey King, a.k.a. the same thing Dragon Ball Z was based on originally. So, yeah. The Journey to the West. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and that movie that he was working on that was supposed to be, that that they called Dreaming Kids? Mm Mm-hmm. That was actually going to be called Dreaming Machine. Dreaming Machine. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's sad to hear. Yeah. He left it incomplete when he passed away and it was never finished. Mm. And that brings me to the end of the trivia. Wow. So I think we're both on the same page here when I think both of us like the animation. Yeah, the animation. This Just is... to go ahead and jump on that first one. Uh, Well, first, actually, my first actually is it's the animation, but it's actually the backgrounds. Oh, it's the ba- like good night. I've never seen much detail. You you go into. Yeah, Takeda, our, our, our very large character. Uh, his office is a mess. Oh yes, but the detail of the mess is so imp- so impeccably good. You you have so much that you see like every wire, every book, every toy that's out of place. You you go to uh, Himuro's uh, very disturbing apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the, the the amount of baby doll heads in in that and the fact that he turns into a baby doll is disturbing beyond yeah it's belief. like you, you go psychologically that's even worse mm-hmm. um but just like overall the the backgrounds i mean like you look at when you when you're in the dream stage of the the parade yes like all the detail like from the the doll the the dolls just lying there they look like dolls mm-hmm. they're not simply some very generic rend- renderization they look like a doll. 
Or like when uh, Himuro, like the the figure of Himuro transforms into his his uh, his avatar character in the dream, uh, or just like all the backgrounds. You go into the cityscapes when it's like you know fully detailed out. Mm-hmm. It's like oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like the movie, there was going to be a live action film, but it never came to fruition. That would have been like the. I'm, I'm not talking about you know Inception. not Inception, not Inception. But an actual live action version of this uh, was going to be in production, but it 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 stopped production and never uh, continued. So uh, yeah, there was going to be a Paprika live action movie at one point, but apparently it was too monumental of a task at, the, at that time to do. Mm. But just the like every single little detail in this movie is just incredible. Uh. Like your character designs are really well done. Just the backgrounds are incredible. That, that like there's some scenes is more I like like the scenes in the office where there's just clutter everywhere. Uh-huh. It's like how much time you do in rendering and design and everything. So yeah, that's my that's my number one is backgrounds. Yeah, mine also is the animation. Yeah. Um I love how fluid a lot of this animation is, yeah. especially when you have when you go from such stark differences. One of the things that jumps in my mind uh, is when she's first uh, in his dream there. Yeah. And she starts off, of course, in that Monkey King garb. Oh, yeah, which I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, okay, they went that's, there? Okay, that's a, that's, that was an interesting reference. Uh-huh. And then uh, slowly as, it, as she... Uh, she lands there on the ground and is searching for, I don't remember exactly what she's looking for, but she walks past this painting uh-huh. and the camera quits following her because then she comes out of the painting as a fairy and and flies through. Oh the, yeah. That was like, interesting. Okay. that That's interesting to watch. And then some of the other stuff like uh, there after, well, there is the scene where she gets caught. Yeah. And he's. Uh, ripping open the paprika persona. Oh my, yeah. That's as, as disturbing as that is, yeah. it's still animated very well. Yes. I like the fact that sometimes, that for half the movie, you don't really know when you're in the dream world and when you're in the real world. Agreed. But I think the thing that gets me the most is the detective's uh, dreams. Oh, yeah. It starts off in that uh, circus, mm-hmm. and then because as he's running security or something, yeah, and then he gets he gets thrown onto the stage, and people start to attack him with his face, uh huh, and then all of a sudden he's Tarzan, yeah, and then he's um, getting attacked on a train, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, they're at a rodeo and he's beating the bad guy with a with a metal chair. <laughs> yes. And then uh, you get to the hallway. Mm-hmm. Now, the hallway is probably the most direct reference to uh, that Inception pulls. Yes. Because I it's not exactly, but the fact that you've got that hallway and so much so much of that is uh, similar. But as the the body is falling of the person he's trying to 
I, I assume he's trying. The 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 body is is the victim yeah. of the case he's trying to solve. Mm-hmm. But as he runs after the per the the perpetrator, the floor kind of turns into cloth. Yeah, and he can't get there, and that's usually and, and that's usually about where the dream ends. Yeah. Um. But then later on, it goes on where he suddenly has switched cases uh, places with the perpetrator, mm-hmm. and escapes into the movie theater which is like ah that's interesting uh-huh. all that animation from beginning is so fluid it's like it makes sense why it's doing that yeah um and there's it, it, the animation is just so gorgeous going all the way through it the the i'll get to the uh the parade here in a minute because i'm leaving that part separate but the, okay. the animation in general is just so pretty and it's so dreamlike is the best way it it, it expresses the 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 fact that it's a world of dreams so well but yeah that's my first one uh what's your second like so speaking of the inception of dreams Mm -hmm. the the idea that you have no idea if you're awake or asleep yeah and there there again good parallel of um christopher nolan's inception if you've never seen it I mean, it took me years to see it. Uh, it's an incredible film. Go watch it. Uh, this is not a, a push or an ad for you know uh, one of our podcasts. It's just go watch the film. It's good. Uh, just the idea of where you are able to um, jump into someone else's dream, and as uh, our uh, our very large kid of a scientist. <laughs> Uh, as it says very best, like you can you can experience your friend's dream and experience their joys and happiness and lows and highs and through their dreams and it, it makes you ever wonder if you, if we all have very bizarre and very like what in the world just happened kind of dreams and like if you uh, can you like it this this popped in my head uh, the other night when I was watching this movie it's like so when it comes to dreams and more. Christianity and in uh, the the uh, the embodiment of Christ. When it comes to dreams, if you say you you uh, you murder someone, or you are you something very disturbing. Let's say that to another person in a dream, be like, is that a sin? And uh, I always wondered that for years. That was like, because be like, you have some very bizarre dreams, and you like like massacre an entire room. And it's like, why did I do that? And uh, I, I had a, an interesting conversation with my pa- our pastor one day, and just kind of asked him the exact same question. And it looked be funny. It's like no, like I mean, like your your dreams, are your dreams. I mean, like it, dreams are more what what your subconscious is kind of just building. Mm-hmm. Like definitely go into like deep rim, like deep rim sleep. It's like yeah, they they become more bizarre, and more weird. So yeah, there's really no connection between. Uh, there are some connections with reality. Um, like maybe you see someone in your dreams. There, there's no, because there's a lot of the, the psychological of dreams that dreams have a connection with real life. If you, if you, if you see, if you see someone in your dreams that you're going to meet them the next day, or if you, if you dream you're a millionaire, you're going to be a millionaire someday. No, it's their dreams. That's what dreams are. Dreams are simply, your imagination going wild while you're asleep. And 
making all kinds of crazy ideas. All it is is your mind is mentally processing everything throughout the day, throughout the week, yeah. throughout your years, and just making ideas up. It's like, it's like the ultimate, um, your imagine it's your imagination in overdrive mm-hmm. and you can't control it. So yeah, the, the idea of dreams and the idea of going into someone else's dream to either help them or manipulate them. I, I always thought that that idea was very interesting. Um, or sometimes it's like the eyes of the window of the soul, or some people have said that the 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 dreams are the window to the soul. And so I disagree with the idea because there again, it's only your imagination. So yeah, there's some parallels that you can be like, oh, because you you thought of this person because you you saw them the other day, or you you uh, you thought about them, so they pop up in your dream. So just go into like, you know, dream psychology a little bit. It's interesting. And uh, definitely, I think my third, my third, like, there's, uh, there's one point I want to jump into. Definitely comes to like what the characters are actually dreaming. It's like, okay, that's interesting. But either way, so mine is the inception of dreams. Okay. My number two is the use of literature imagery. Okay. It's, it could on one hand, it okay. Most of the time, when you see people have a dream sequence, yeah, in a show, and I don't just mean cartoons. I mean any time. It is this dull, generic, uh, their life plus maybe a little bit of weirdness, right? Right. The fact that it actually uses pop culture, and specifically, it's using pop culture that is public domain. If we're right. being honest. Right. But, and I think there are some allusions to some other things, but, um, and a lot of this comes from classic literature. So like I mentioned earlier, the, the tar, the shot of him is Tarzan. You even get the Tarzan yell. I yeah. thought was funny or not funny, but, uh, appropriate. Yeah. Um, her dressed up as Sun Wukong. Yes. There in that scene. And of course her as the fairy, mm-hmm. um, making, making me think of Tinkerbell. Yeah. I don't know if that's the fairy's name in the regular book or if that's it's just Tinkerbell. the Disney version. It's Tinkerbell. Okay, I couldn't remember because uh, I've never read the actual book. It's uh, an interesting issue why she's called Tinkerbell. We'll get to that later. Yeah. When we get to that right. movie. Exactly. Um, but I mean, the, the use of this of this popular imagery, cause when I think of my dreams, they most, sometimes they do include, they do, they do include normal, regular people. Yeah. And regular situations, but sometimes weird stuff happens that's in my subconscious because you know of all the pop culture that I've consumed, uh-huh. just naturally, uh, and I think this affects everybody. So, for, especially for uh, the detective's dreams, how he's used to study uh, movies because he thought mm-hmm. he was going to be a movie maker. Yeah, or he wanted to be one because um, so much of what his dream is is him coming to peace with the fact that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he left it unfinished, and but it's he's actually living out the movies he was wanting to make. Uh-huh. But I mean, the fact that he has all that that's naturally comes to his mind, um, as he's you know dreaming. So you get that shot of, of course, we got Tarzan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot of him in the train fighting that I I either is for me, um. Sorry, uh, that's that's either for me uh, 
James Bond fighting somebody in a uh-huh. train while his Bond girl is back there. In this case, the Bond girl is Paprika. Yeah. But it could also be like uh, someone getting murdered on a train like in a Hercule Poirot uh, yeah. story. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm picturing it. And then, of course, you get the rodeo where they're just fighting. Or this. It's like, I, I can see that in a movie very easily. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I like the use of that imagery because it's not boring. Yeah. It's the best way I know how to put that. It's it's creative. It's actually being creative with your dreams. Yeah. And that's something I don't even think Paprika did a whole lot. Paprika. That's not something Inception did a whole lot of. Yeah. It's not as much as it should have, in my opinion. But that's just that's just me. Okay. Uh, what's your third like? My third like. Now, this is going to be a weird one, so just bear with me. I'll try. It's going to be a weird one. The depravity of man. I don't know. I can follow that. Yeah. So you, you look at all these characters. But this movie, I can definitely see where you got the depravity of man. Yeah. It'd be like, good night. You, you look at the fact that you like, you look at, uh, let me go back to his, uh, what's his face? Osanai. Yeah. Osanai. Osanai is the big one. Os- Osanai. Oh my gosh. That like, man you, needs serious help. Yeah. Or he's not dead already by the end of the movie. True. Yeah. Because he did take a very heavy, yeah. horrendous Trauma, traumatic fall. To say he fell from grace, well, it's not exactly true. He wasn't very graceful. No, he wasn't. But anyway. But either way, be like, you look at the fact, be like, you, you first, like, you get into his apartment, and, like, all you see is baby doll heads. And I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, you mean that, that guy. I was thinking uh, the other, the, the guy that was in love with Paprika. Oh, no, no, um, no. Oh, I'll get to him mean, in a minute. You mean Himura. Yeah, Himura. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Hemer. Oh, I'll get to him in a minute. I'll get to most of these characters in a minute. Hemera is the one with the baby dolls. Yeah, Hemera. Yeah. Hemera. China dolls, really. Yeah, China dolls. But it's like, that, like, like, surface level, it's disturbing. Like, beyond belief. And then you look through, because the, uh, the characters go through his magazine, you see a bunch of stuff, like, oh my gosh. Like, okay, that's extremely disturbing. I'm not going to say what it was in the... Be like, just go watch the film. You get disturbed as I was, uh, and then you just go through the line of characters. You go through, um, uh, Takeda. You like Takeda is just like one. He's he's an extreme glutton. Uh, he doesn't know how to control his weight. Um, he's uh, I'm, I'm not picking on people who are or are, are, are you know you know I'm not picking on people in in that in that regard. I'm just the. Okay. I'll, I won't take it personally then. Okay. <laughs> but it's just uh, like then you get the the fact that he, Dakita is very much a man child. He's a man child that is doesn't really care about. He even says to himself, be like he doesn't really care about adult things. And be like he he doesn't. He's he's going to disregard um, uh, his his uh, adult responsibilities. Do what he wants. And uh, that kind of is like a really big thing when it comes to uh, the idea of responsibility and growing up is, you know, you have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And like there are a lot of people that I've met who are like that. And it's very disturbing. It's like, OK, so you're not going to take responsibility for anything you do. It's like, OK. And then you get into your villains. Oh, my gosh. Like you get it. Like every one of these characters has some twisted 
like every one of these characters kind of shows you the depravity of man. If anybody doesn't know what depravity of man is, is the, the fact that man doesn't, man's kind of sick in the head. Let's say yeah. that man is very depraved. And, um, now great. I don't believe in the total depravity of man. I believe in the depravity of man, but, um, that's a whole other theological thing. That, to, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Whole other kettle of fish. But uh, the the depravity of man is the, you get into our villains and the the fact that our main villain you literally uses another man to gain a physical body who he's paralyzed mind you in the real world mm-hmm. and just like the the guy who is in love with Prepi, Prepi, paprika paprika thank you very much it's the, name uh, of the movie yeah is in love with her. But he has sold his body, if you're catching my drift, mm-hmm. to this other dude in order to gain power, in order to use the, uh, what is our... our uh, DC Mini. DC Mini. To, to have ultimate power for the DC Mini, to be able to control dreams. People willing to sell themselves, give up their own physical being in order for power and desire and uh, control. And it's just like disturbing beyond belief. Uh, the, like the second time I'm watching this, because there again, this is the kind of film you need to watch like twice mm-hmm. to get everything. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is frightening beyond belief. Like it just shows you because some people, it's like, oh, humanity's great. So you, people are just being like, people are in generally good. Really? Like, have you ever worked with people? Have you ever been around people? Not granted for me, uh, for customer uh, service, person. customer service, customer service to be like, you see a lot of really twisted, bizarre things, but at the same time going definitely with the, the Christianity, the spiritual aspect is like, once you are, you are saved by grace through Jesus Christ, who, who died for our sins and rose again through the grave, uh, to say, to pull us out of the grave of death so that we can be one with him through his grace. Like, and once you, once you, like, once you are truly saved in, in, uh, in Christ, you start seeing things you really didn't see before. Like you start seeing like the, like the true depravity of people, Mm -hmm. you see it and it's frightening. It's like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like the matrix be like, once you, your eyes are open and you realize what the matrix is, it's like, oh my gosh, can I please uh, introduce you to Jesus Christ for I can for uh, you can be free from this bondage. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it had that very interesting parallel of how depraved man is, and uh, the the fact that that man wants to escape into their own dreams and their own realities, and uh, just not be able to face reality. And I understand where like dream therapy could be very helpful in a way, but there again, that's dream psychology and dream psychology is very weird and bizarre. And it's pulling from stuff that doesn't really help because believe me, I have had very weird dreams that I'm not going to go into, but uh, I think we all have, if we're all, if we're all honest, we have very bizarre dreams. Like why in the world did I have that dream? But, uh, it's just like the idea of like like how sick people can be 
And I know there's people out there that say, be like, oh, man, it's generally just good. No, they're not. And I, I will, I will, I will, I will stand on that ground that humanity, it's like, yes, humanity can be good when it wants to. Humanity, left to its own devices, will destroy one another if it's given the chance. So that is why. For, Boy, you are getting deep tonight. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Like when I saw this, like, oh my gosh, this has so much spiritual connotation. It's not even funny. Or spiritual Christianity connotations. I saw that. And it was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I am bringing this up. Uh, so yeah, it's just like, uh, a man, it's depraved. And it's a very good example, a very good example of how man is willing to do anything for power and glory and uh, sexual gratification or anything. And it's just so, it's disturbing. It, it makes you look at your own sin in your own life and like, man, I feel like, just like, get the shaver, like shave it off, shave it off, shave it off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, wow. I'd be like, yeah, like you said, that went deep. But uh, I, I was, I was blown away by that. I was like, wow, they I don't know. They didn't maybe they knew what they were doing, but from my perspective, they went, okay, let's, let's, let's rip the veil out. Let's show everything. And I'm like, whoa, okay. That's deep. So yeah, that is my number three, the depravity of man. Well, my number three seems a lot shallower than yours. (laughs) I love the visual imagery of the parade of dreams. Oh, absolutely. The whole thing is, you see, like you said earlier, you got the, the mound of China dolls. Uh-huh. And then it's followed up by, like, the Statue of Liberty, for some reason, walking th- through behind Yeah, that it. was kind of weird. It was like, what? <laughs> uh, you've got the uh, the Japanese gates that I can't remember the name of. The spiritual gates are walking in there. Yeah. You got the little, uh, the the... The cat statues mm-hmm. that you see in the in the in the Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's actually more Tanuki. But anyway, yeah, uh, you know what the ones I'm talking about. Yes, uh, you see all this other imagery, and then as it starts breaking into the real world, oh yeah, and people slowly transform into things such as the the uh, grouping of girls dressed as uh, that, whose heads have turned into flip phones. Yes, that proof of this. Oh, is a oh my gosh, movie. that was so de- that was so disgusting. No, that's not the disgusting part. The disgusting part's the next shot when it zooms out and the other and the and the other group of guys are ca- as cameras are taking pictures uh, are taking panty shots. Yeah, I was that's like, the disgusting. That's the disgusting part. part. Oh my gosh, but the visual right before that of their heads being uh, phones, flip phones. That's the part I thought was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's another psychological, um, that social, whole, social thing you can get into. That whole parade of chaos. Oh, yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It is literally chaos as best can be shown on screen. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for like a couple minutes to the point where it's almost, it slowly starts becoming uh, just noise. And then it, they'll shift away and they'll go do something else for a while. And it'll come back, and it's like it's still going. Mm-hmm. It at one point it breaks into the theater, in, into the detective's uh, theater where he's having his dream, and they have to run and escape. Uh, 
I don't know why, but it, I just now remembered one of my favorite lines in this whole movie that comes around that time where he's escapes into that street where it's got all the movie theaters. Uh-huh. And uh, the other doctor realizes, uh, the one that's watching from the outside, the short one. Yeah. He can see him in Paprika's dream and starts talking to her, to him. Uh-huh. But it, it, the dream world it personifies him as the monkey in the Tarzan. <laughs> yes. Things. And he says, it doesn't matter right now. You need to go do all this stuff. Paprika's in trouble. Okay, but why are you a monkey? <laughs> it's like, because it's a dream. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, that whole sequence with, with all that stuff is... It's, a, it is ten times as disturbing as it needs to be. Yes. But it also it personifies... The total chaos that is the collective unconscious whose uh-huh. dreams are spilling into the real world. Yes. Which is why you should always leave the safety on on all your equipment. You should start with the restrictions first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't be lazy. Yeah. One of, one of the probably many morals of this story is always uh, program your restrictions first. Yeah. <laughs> So here, here's a question. Here's a question. So it's all regarding the DC Mini. Yes. So what if our 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 Doctor and the Chief with uh, Toto? Not Toto. He's, he's not a dog. The Totoki. Toti. Yeah. The fat guy. The fat guy. Our fat. Our uh, our our very large friend. Yes. Uh. So if if. He 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 goes into his friend's dreams and he's got the DC Mini on his head. Like, couldn't you just take the DC Mini off his head? Unless that um, would like, I'm afraid you're gonna you know, like like I, neurologically damage him because of it. That's they, what I'm thinking. They don't go into detail, but my theory is is that it is actually somewhat physically connected to your head while it's on. Yeah, and you may not even be, have control of your arms. Well, think about it. When you're asleep, yeah, because they are dreaming when this yes. thing is running. Agreed. You don't move. You have no. what's called sleep paralysis to keep Agreed. you from falling off of a ledge. Agreed. Hopefully, unless Paul is speaking, <laughs> not pauljpowers.com. I mean, anyway, I'm, re- I'm referencing a story in Acts about a kid who died because the preaching. Oh, yeah, the preaching, Paul. <laughs> because he fell asleep listening to Paul. Uh, dump, 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 dump. <laughs> then Paul resurrects him. Like, yeah. anyways. Well, and he just woke him back up. Yeah. Anyway. It wasn't even the point I was getting at. Um, my my suspicion is, is that he you can't physically move while the thing is on yeah. under normal circumstances, which would be uh, the only times we actually see the normal circumstances are the few that are in lab conditions where, uh, uh, you know, when they're in the lab and they've got it on, which is like we see with the fat guy and mm-hmm. um, the kid there uh, when she's and she's her over there when they you physically see the DC mini on people. Yeah. But after, but a lot large number of the people who are being affected by this event. Yes. They don't have the DC mini on. No, they don't. They are just, it's just the, the force of this thing just kind of envelops people and they're in the dream world. So mm-hmm. at that point, if you're in the dream world without the, without being asleep, I assume, I assume maybe you can still move, but then you can't take anything off you because you don't have anything. I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's like the people who can probably can't move because probably. their bodies are asleep. 
and the people who can move don't have it on there to take it off. So that's my theory. Okay, gotcha. So uh, you ready to jump into dislikes? Yeah, let's jump into dislikes. Well, you're going to disagree with my first dislike. Okay. Because my first dislike is I think the villains are (laughs) two-dimensional. Namely Inui. The uh, baldy in the in the wheelchair. Yeah, Professor want to be Professor X. Yes, because here's the thing: he just wants to be God. Yeah, pretty much. He wants to be God, and he thinks that all dreams should be sacred and no one should enter him. But me, I yeah. should be allowed. He rationalizes very quickly. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those weird points where, when he shows up, at first you think, oh, this guy's not the villain. This guy is just going to be the weirdo who keeps showing up at the wrong time to spout. I spout. This is the common sense that you people should have been following the whole time. So they just walk around the corner and he's there saying dreams are sacred. I am your boss and you are not allowed to use this equipment anymore. Yeah. Except- and he just drives off. You're going, what the crap are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. he's. I know you're the boss, but you just keep showing up randomly. Yeah. And then of course it's, they go to his house for some reason. Yep. I don't remember the exact reason because it's been two weeks since I watched this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, about a week, actually. And uh, he stands up out of the wheelchair. And at first I'm going, you little liar. You're not paralyzed. And then I realized, wait a minute, he's not walking. No. I mean, you can't see his legs because he's behind those trees, but he's not got the bounce that people usually have that, yeah. e- that even animation mimics very yeah. well you're gliding oh we're asleep yeah we're all asleep and oh those are vines your yeah. legs are vines get out of there <laughs> yeah it's like oh so you're the villain why are you the villain because I am the boss and you should listen to me. Uh, he, As a villain, he's the worst villain. Okay. He's the worst type of villain for me because he's a villain because he just... He has no reason to be a villain. He's just a villain because he happens to be the opposing force. Yeah. Because the story needed a quote-unquote villain. They didn't even... They gave him no characterization other than he's the boss. And... One assumes he's still mad at the world for taking his ability to walk away, but they never talk about that. Right. It's just kind of assumed. And then you got his little minion. Yeah. Osanai. Mm-hmm. First off, this guy's creepy. Just just a bit. And what's weird is you can kind of tell he's got that creep factor early on. And yeah. he's supposed to be, you know, one of the team. Yeah. But you kind of already have the creep factor going. Maybe it's just because on the second viewing, I already knew he was in on this. Yeah. But, because um, I, I had seen that one scene uh, in the, in the uh, butterfly mounting area. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd seen that scene a couple of times outside of this movie. So I knew he was the villain or a villain. But I get to think, it's like, what does he actually want? He just wants to be what our current culture today would call a toxic male of the worst kind. Yeah. I can, I can definitely tell, see he's, that he is very, his care. Yeah. He's got a lot of psychological things going on. Like you were mentioning. Yes. But his character, the way he he's played and his characterization is just like, 
I'm a man and you are a woman and I am going to, and as such, I am better than you and I'm going to rip you apart because I'm a man. Yeah, I, I, I have it's this, like, this, this foresight so I can do with. simple in its design. I it's agree. Like, he's got some other issues and maybe if we got more time with the character, we could have learned more of his psychology to make this part seem less... It's still creepy. It's still going to be creepy no matter what you do. Yeah, that whole but, scene I mean, at is least, creepy. At least give it a whole deeper connotation yeah. other than I'm in love with you and you are mine to do with as I please. Yeah, possession. Yeah, it's like, it's like I, I've seen... No offense to the to the actor. Yeah. Because I, cause I know... I've, I've heard the actor in other things. Yeah. Namely Kingdom Hearts. But... <laughs> uh, I don't think he was given much of a role to work with. Okay. He just, he's just like, I'm an evil, toxic male who must possess you because you're a woman. It's like, this, it almost feels like it's woke before woke really got big. I, yeah, I can understand that. That's just how, kind of how I'm looking at it. I don't know what it is. This is the idea of toxic masculinity. Masculinity, Yeah. It's, And it's so two-dimensional in how it's characterized. It's like, yeah. you are not... You're a villain, but you're more just an obstacle who keeps showing up. Yeah. And the closest thing to any deepness is the fact that you gave away half your body in the dream world to your boss for And, and not to reasons? mention the fiscal world. For reasons? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. That's my first dislike, is the villains are two-dimensional i mean there was something going on when it was uh china doll guy whose name i can't think of right now (laughs) he at least had a bit of a a uh they could have done some interesting stuff yeah but because he ended up being the red herring yeah and we just got these other two guys that they didn't really work out what their motivations really were other than i am the boss and I am your boss. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Creepy and yeah, so many so, other ways. Yeah, that, other than that, they're two dimensional. And it's just, it's yeah. like a hero. The, the goodness of the hero is mm. the inverse of the evilness of the villain. Right. So another, what I'm trying to say is the better your villain is, the better your hero naturally is. Yeah. Because that's what your hero has to go up against. These guys are just two power hungry jerks, yeah, in one form or another, who got who are taking advantage of the fact that Tubbo didn't bother to put restrictions on his uh, yeah, on his invention. That's not really very villainous, other than what they were able to get started. And even then, you know, they're out of control of what's going on for three quarters of the movie. So, anyway, yeah, they're just they're pitiful villains. Agreed. What's your dislike? Uh, my first, second dislike? My first, actually. Your first dislike. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my first dislike is actually more of a question because it, it's left unanswered and my, my curious mind must know. Uh-huh. Okay, so when the chief... Either way. All right, so my first dislike. Uh, how did the chief survive his jump from the window? Oh, they healed him. They healed him. Yeah. 
He jumped from a third, third, fourth story window, and their spe- and their special magical science uh, healed him in a couple days. It was very clear that the only thing they were really worried about is him being stuck in the dream. I call BS on that. I do too. That's why I called it magical science. <laughs> yeah. Because like, no, 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 dream, no. the dream thing is really what we're focusing on. The rest of the body, that's simple. We can just do that in a day. Because he's healed in three, in like two days. Yeah. He's able to walk around at least on crutches. It's like, you fell out of a window. Yeah. And you, you on went. On the third floor, you should be. You Broken. Be a, at the very least, you should be a paraplegic like your boss. Yeah. <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. And he's walking around, he's walking around and running or, or yes. at least I see him walking because it's in the dream. But it's like this. But really, this, once you get in the dream world, do we really know what he's actually doing? True. But I mean, <coughs> but I mean, those shots of him where it's obvious real world. Yeah. And he's walking around like. Nothing happened. You just got a bandage on my head now. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like what the frack here, man. Okay. It's like you, you literally, you like, what did you catch him at a midair, and he got a bump on his head? Maybe I don't know. Did he jump? Because was he in a dream when he jumped? Because obviously he was still in the real world because he went nuts. Yeah. But Although either I way, I will say the the scene there where he goes nuts. Mm-hmm. I like how they're they're. they're I, I should have brought this up earlier, but yeah. anyway, they're going, they start getting in deep with their, uh, techno babble. Yeah. As to how this thing's working. So, and it's just enough vague that they're not really explaining everything, but if you're listening, you can kind of follow what they're saying Yeah, to figure out the logic. And all of a sudden he just says five words that don't mean anything. Yeah. And at first you're going... Is that techno babble I don't understand? Or and he keeps talking. He's like, no, no, no. You literally have started babbling. You went from babble that was constructed to just saying random crap. Okay, you've gone insane. Moving on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I liked how they handled that. Is all I was trying to get at. Yeah, anyway. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed that scene. It's just more like when he jumps out the window. Then he, oh, he's in a coma, and then the next day he's fine. Like that makes no sense. Like, did you catch him? Did he fall on a... Did they know he was going to jump? Did he fall into a pole? He was healed with the magic of science. Yeah. Horse hockey. That's kind of what I want to name this episode. The magic of science. science. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, that is my... Be like, a man jumps out the window and he's got a band-aid on his head. Yeah. Okay, that makes no sense. Give Pretty me logic much. here, people. You want logic? How about my second dislike? Okay. I do not like the shot of the DC Mini embedded in that guy's scalp. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, and to some degree, that makes sense as to why it's there. But at the same time, it's like, shouldn't it just be sitting on top of the head? Why is it digging what into is it embedded his, in this? Why did it, how did it get embedded into his skull? Did it burrow its way down in there? Yeah. Is that why you shouldn't have it on? Here's an idea. Uh, along with those other restrictions that keep you from entering other people's dreams, how about you put a timer on it that kicks you out after half an hour? <laughs> well, he's gonna be like, he didn't put any restrictions on it. Obviously, and that's a restriction they need to put on there. If it burrows into your head, you need to take that out. Mm-hmm. Because they had to do that with surgery to get that thing out there. Can you imagine the the surgeons doing this? Like, how did this this stuff get in here? It's like, uh, it's just, it's this weird. Magic-y science device. Yeah. 
that uh, uh, that that is doing all this cool, weird stuff, and we've got to take it out of him because it's probably embedded itself into his neuro neurocortex or mm. whatever. But that shot of it being in his head. Yeah, they're, you, they're, they're pulling it out and, and putting it in And the thing is, it's when you see it, you recognize that the glowing of the little glowing parts that are uh-huh. there, you're seeing that through his skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? Kudos on the animation because it looked good, but it's like... Yeah, it, it's the survey. There's a nightmare I don't need. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's my second dislike. Oh my gosh. Okay, so my second dislike, uh, it's all Nikita's fault. Nikita? Huh? You say Nikita? No. Oh, Takita, sorry. Takita. Yeah, Takita. it is Takita's fault. It is he all Takita's fault. If he'd have done his job, yeah, the, this the, wouldn't be a problem. The, the, the fact, like, like I said, the fact like... In, it had, it, you'd have to have a better problem than, oh yeah, it's just wide open. It's like the internet in the early 90s before... You know, antivirus software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just more, it's like, it's more, it's, you know, the kid is fault. Be like, it's simple. And he doesn't care, really. It's it's more like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want. I don't care about responsibility. Like I said in my in my likes, you know, the, the idea of human depravity. And uh, the, 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 the man simply, like, he just wants to play with his, his toys and uh, go hang out with his friend in his dream because he wants to go talk with him being fully aware this is not advisable he does it anyway because he's an immature brat yeah Takeda is a brat yes and that is basically the the man that doesn't the man that doesn't learn Mm-hmm. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. He just keeps doing what he wants to do. Darn the consequences. And our main character falls in love with this guy? I suspect it's kind of a motherly love that has blossomed into deeper. Yeah, I, makes I, can, sense. I, I, can, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I don't see this relationship going far. And unless he really straightened up, it, the 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 real question is, here's the thing: her being in love with him is not the problem. Yeah, because people make weird decisions all the time. Oh yeah, completely agree. The real question is because because I mean, her being in love with him that's kind of obvious. That not, a lot of her story in this movie is realizing that she loves him. Yeah. His the, what's not clear to me. Is does he love her? Yeah, I mean, obviously he cares for her, but it's kind of in the same way he cares for his friend with the china dolls. Yeah, it's like that's more of a friendship than a loving relationship yeah. of two people who want to spend the rest of their lives together. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a successful relationship or not. If we're being honest, yeah. But I also don't think we're supposed to think too deeply about it. Yeah, I, I think that ship has sailed when it comes to this episode. That is true. It's yeah. just when you, admittedly, as quick as the line comes, yeah, it kind of just feels like, and here's how they're living happily ever after. Yeah, and you should go watch a movie. 
Yeah, it's like I just got done watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just be like that. That you should that, go watch the director's next movie that'll never come out. Yeah, sad to hear that. Anyway, but the the idea that our our main character falls in love with the uh, our our uh, our very large our very large character, our our main child, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I like that idea that uh, two characters that normally you would never put together. Uh, at least she falls in love with him. We don't know exactly how he feels about her because yeah. it's not really explained, and uh, it's just kind of it's kind of like a like okay here's your here's your drop here's your reveal and oh by the way they've gotten married at the end of the film, and my thought is like okay, be like if he if he's really in love with her is he going to change who he is? And that's the question. That's 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 million dollar question. I would also say though, of all the characters in the movie that could make him change or feel the need to change, it's probably her. Possibly, because the power of love is a curious thing. Yes, but at the same, I, time, I also wonder, just looking at the story the way it's presented, is the reason that they're even able to have taken this farther than just a weird mad scientist project thing? That he may may have made he and his friend may have made in a uh, uh, garage somewhere. Yeah, is it because of her? And he may not have taken it had she not been there, and maybe uh, pushed him that direction. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I really don't know. I don't know. All 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 we know is like she's the head of the department. Yeah, and they they work together, but she's always like incredibly. It's it's not it's not like it's being like. Uh, subvertly imply that oh she's really in love with him I do like the idea that the reveal that she pulls him out of the elevator and she kind of she kind of you know mm-hmm. leans against him that's kind of sweet and everything yeah but it's I don't think it's really what's the word um, it's not a two way streak I don't, I don't think it's a two way streak it's hard it is, to tell it, does, it doesn't really vibe that way so it's like, yeah, kudos, yay, they get married. It just doesn't really seem to work with the two characters. Yeah. Not not anything to do with the uh, the character shapes or anything or their size or what have you. But it's just more it's just yeah, like personality wise, I'm not sure. Well, I've met people that have different you know, different personalities and they it works. But um but it's just like how they I mean, their personality. Like you were saying, uh, it's hard to know what he's actually thinking. The closest thing we got is uh, when he and the robot swallowed what's-her-name and then went after Paprika. Yeah. So is he in love with the Doctor or is he in love with Paprika? I mean, yeah, they are technically the same person, but very much this girl, this, this woman is suffering from split personality disorder. Yeah, pretty it's just much. One of her personalities lives on in the dream world and in the internet while the other one yeah. is, you know, walking around the normal world. Yeah. It's a lot more hidden, but anyway. Yeah. Either way. So yeah, mine is, uh, um, uh, our very large friend did it and he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> that is my number two. What is your number three? three? My number three. I feel the sexual imagery that's used throughout this entire movie is pretty much unnecessary for the plot. Now, part of this okay. is me being prudish. Okay. I will admit that right here and right now. Because honestly, I don't even think... 
I think if you can't tell a story without doing this, you're being a little uh, lazy. Okay. About the sort of thing, because this kind of stuff is easy. Yeah. To some degree. Uh, to come up with. Yeah. Um, it's not... To some degree, yeah, it's like dreams, people... You know, like you were saying earlier with the total depravity of man and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I can see sexually tr- uh, charged things happening in a dream. I can, I can even see it from Toxic Masculinity Dude. Whose mm-hmm. name I've completely forgotten at this point. Uh, <laughs> Osanai, I think. Um, I can see how that's... Inu? Th- no, Inu is the baldy. Yeah, okay. Osanai is the one that had her in the... Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, butterflies. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, Osanai. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, anyway, it's Osanai. Um, I can see how that's there, but... And it is there, I think, to make you feel uncomfortable. In that scene, I, well, as much as I don't like it, I understand why it does that. Right. And to some degree, I can understand the other part there at the end where she's, you know, the other time she's naked. Yeah. Because uh, that's more like somehow that was the birth of the combined person of her and Paprika as it, you know, grew into this thing to take out everybody. Yeah. I get that. I get all of that. Yeah. But I do wonder how much of that was absolutely necessary to the story. Could you have told the story in such a way that you did not need to show that? How much of that was how much of that was necessary and how much of that was a bunch of guys kind of sowing their wild oats for lack of a better right. term. Yeah. Writing out their fantasies. Yes. Dealing with their own depraved human minds. Yeah, that's what I. That's that's what, why this, if this is my third dislike is, I don't think it you necessarily had to do that, and it does make something like this inaccessible to uh, younger audiences. Yeah, I would agree. For the most part, the rest of this movie is fine for yeah. a younger audience, but because of those scenes. You, I would not dare let someone in like high school or junior high age watch this without you know a, a, an adult present, at least. Yeah. And even then, I would be you know worried. Yeah. I just I, I and if it was if it had a decent reason for doing it that way, mm-hmm. that could not be done another way. Maybe I can go with it, but honestly, it's just not something I like. And admittedly, this could be me being a prude. Okay. But. Yeah, the unnecess- what, to, what to me seems like unnecessary sexual imagery is my third dislike. Okay. Now, I do understand where you are coming from, but I would go as far as to illustrating human depravity of like using imagery like that ever since this is an adult film. Yes, it's just in my mind this borders on the pornographic. I would, I would borders. Yeah, it, it does border. I agree with you. Now I do. I do. Um, I, I just wonder if it could be more tastefully done. Yeah, I agree with you. More artistically done. Yes, artistically done. Um, now the the way they use nudity in this movie, uh, it's it's very, it's it's not done in a very sexually erotic way. It's not. It's done more, more very natural way. It's not the nudity itself. Yes. Yeah, the nudity itself. That, that shot the, right before the first nude scene. On the other hand. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, the, the, un, 
We'll the, call it the undressing scene. For yeah, lack of a the undressing term. scene. Yeah, that that itself way, that's what's it, happening. It, it, it shows that character's depravity. It shows like even his even the the bosses like says that you can't control your sexual desires. Yeah, and uh, I, I I'm not saying be like I, I don't hear me what I'm not saying here. The the idea when they go into situations like that. And they actually visually show it, and it's written very well. I think it's you know artistically it's very well done, and it's it shows like I said before the depravity of man and the, the human weakness to go towards the more uh, sexual perver- perversions. And uh, I enjoy that more artistically, artistic uh, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, not, but artistically, yes. When when. An, an artist can push it that far. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. I may disagree with it from a, uh, from a spiritual level or a theological yeah. level, but from an artistic level, I'm like, okay. Artistically, it's done well. It's just... I wonder if there was a better artistic way to to communicate that those scenes. It's just, yeah. it's just, Agreed. It's Agreed. Just, could have been blocked in such a way where... You know, you didn't see some of this stuff, and it's more implied. Yeah, that's just that's just me. That's totally, just under, me. totally understand it. Totally, I I yeah. agree with you. It's just it's looking from looking at the film from an artistic standpoint, and it's just I I get where they're going. I get where they're going, and it's just like okay, but again, spiritual theologically, I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it is what it is. What is actually your third dislike? My third dislike. So you're telling me that I told you what? Huh? I, what did I tell you? What? So you said you're telling me that. It's like I don't remember what. No, 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 you no, not, not you, not you, not you. Not you. I'm, I'm leading up to something. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So you're telling me that uh, Doctor, our, our main character, Asuka, Asuka. Asuka. Asuka Chiba. Asuka Chiba. Dr. Chiba. Yeah, Dr. Chiba. Chiba, Chiba, Chiba. Uh, so she's been running around as Paprika mm-hmm. this entire time. And it's been this little secret, you know, that she's being she's being used by all these other people to help with their therapy. Yeah. Illegally. Illegally. Illegally the entire time. Like even the chief says, be like, oh, it's our little secret because if it gets out before it's approved, be like, this could be the ruin. Of- well, you think? Yeah. Be like, you're 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 running around with a woman that has a mini a a DC mini on her. Yeah. See, here's my thing. This is what crosses my mind. Obviously, first off, what? Why is this the secret? Is it because you think you're doing the greater good? Or is it because the more people you have testing this out, the bigger your data pool yes. is? Yes. Well, obviously, them. if you're keeping it a secret from the bosses, yeah, you're not te- using it to get more data. Otherwise, you would set up controlled experiments. Yeah. You would ha- maybe try some therapy on some people. Uh, there are legitimate ways you could handle this. Yeah. And even if the lead doctor from a psychological standpoint is Chiba. Yeah. Why do you have her going out there and being this rogue agent with this thing that apparently everybody 
but Baldy in the wheelchair knows about. Yeah. And like even go from like an ethical standpoint. Yes. I mean I, a medical ethical I have ethical. to I have to wonder a couple things from from a medical ethical standpoint. Why do you do this? <laughs> because I mean for one thing, ye, okay. She is a psych a, a psych is a psychiatrist or a Yeah, she's psychologist? Psychi- a psychiatrist. Either way, she's she's a therapist. Yeah. A mental therapist that's pretty much blazing this field. Yeah. She may have, at least at some point, some pride in being one of the first psychiatrists or psychologists mm-hmm. to be in this to push this technology and all that. Agreed. However, I think even the psychiatrists and psychologists have to take the Hippocratic Oath, at least yeah. here in America. I don't know about yeah. Japan. Yeah. Which says before anything else, do no harm. Yeah. There is so much chance for harm that even before everything starts hitting the fan, if you're watching this movie, you can tell there's going to be problems. Yeah, because you're you literally you know manip- there is. Like even the 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 uh, the boss says, "Be like you're manipulating people's dreams." Right. So that's going. To- even if it only affects the one person, that's harmful. So you need to be very careful about how you go about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you're not doing it under controlled, uh, more, more controlled circumstances. Yeah. Going out to a random hotel on the other side of what I assume is Tokyo. Yeah. To meet up with a random not a random, but a detective that happens to be friends with uh, your lead researcher that's not the inventor of the technology. Yeah, the chief. The chief. And having your own little rogue website out there where you can talk when you're not together with the avatar of your dream guide girl. I don't follow. What yeah, there, there's, there's so many. This, there's so I don't many, follow what your goal is. Yeah, there's so many ethical morality problems with whatever they're yeah. doing. And even to top it off, the fact that uh, Dr. Chiva, be like, does she have a DC mini planet in her head? Because she can just hop in and out of dreams like no one well, does. Well, admittedly, there's, there's, there, there's when, no. When we start seeing that, it's when, it's when the dream world has started expanded and started getting into that. Yeah. Most of the rest of the time we do see her taking the, the, the DC mini on and off. Okay. Cause we, or at least it's implied that she did. Cause we see the detective take it off, but she's still in her, we're still seeing her in, as paprika, not yeah. as, um, Chiba Chiba. Hmm? And I do wonder how much of, I, I kind of wonder if maybe she dresses like paprika when she's paprika in the real world. Possibly. Because, you know, split personality and all that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can tell the it's the same base character model, just with a different hairstyle and some different eyes and yeah. a bit more spunk. Yeah, uh, exactly. Person, personality-wise. Yeah. But otherwise, it's the same character model. It should be. It's the same person. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we see him take... We, we, we see him take it off. We don't see her take it off. Yeah. But at the same time, you get later on this, you realize that maybe the DC Mini is a starting point for getting into the dream world. Because yeah. there seems to be at least 
especially a couple minutes in and uh, the chief goes go, goes bonkers because he's mm-hmm. been sucked into the dream world yeah without being anywhere near a DC mini yeah uh, that kind of te- it, 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 the fact that the DC mini seems to be more of a red herring for the story yeah I mean, obviously it's necessary for maybe first timers yeah before you know chaos reigned in Tokyo yeah but 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 at the same time, it's more you have. It's okay if it's like the first time using it, then you can jump into it anytime you need to. And and to some degree, because here's the other thing, when they're on the the website thing, for one yeah. thing, that's not how websites work. Yeah. But they kind of talk about how this is that that the internet is a lot like dreams because it allows it's a place where the mind can go to vent. Yeah. Which kind of explains why it's moving. Yeah, it's moving in the way of like a. a a uh, uh, visual novel video game. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like, it is still moving. Like it's, it's obviously a dream. World. It's not how you normally, this stuff works on a website. Mm-hmm. So is, th- I'm curious what that website looks like to someone who's never put on the DC mini. Yeah. Could it be that he can kind of sort of access it? Cause his brain waves have been unlocked by the DC mini. Yeah. And, it's just that the prolonged exposure makes your mind open more. Yeah. Okay. Is so that the problem? That, because that that's be. part of the restrictions they were talking about. It's like anyone who was linked to the DC mini, their dreams are now available to whoever's got it. Yeah. Or, or it's uh, be like for how many, like if you, if you find your, if you spend too much time in the DC mini that you can, yeah. But it's not expl- none of that's explained. No, there's there's really the DC no... Mini kind of shows up as like this thing was stolen or one of these was stolen. Yeah, we've got to go find it. Oh, by the way, chaos is going to be raining soon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's almost like be like they almost pick and choose like you know which characters you know need to use the DC Mini or yeah. they don't need to use it's, it. It's a MacGuffin that becomes unimportant by halfway through the story. Exactly. Other than we are still out there looking for it, except. The one they find that was stolen technically was the one embedded in China China doll guy's uh, head. Yeah, that's the one that was stolen. The other one is like, oh, it's still happening because it really wasn't stolen. No, ain't this one was stolen, but that's not the one that's actually causing the problems. Yeah, here's here's this another. It's not part. the one that turned that one guy crazy. Yeah, uh, so here's the here's another. Crazy, I mean. Here's another one. So when it comes to the uh, the big competition with the. Uh, uh, the the boss Professor X guy. Yes. Uh, so our main characters are in, confronting him about, be like, oh, so you're using stolen technology for you know evil purposes. I'm like, wait a minute, but you're using. He's using so, it. He's. It looks like he's using it so he can go walk. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like use someone else's body. Right. It's using, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, the characters are stupid. <laughs> the villains are horrible in this movie. It's, it's, it's based on um, the it's based on the characters' motivations. Yeah, that our main our main characters. Oh, they're doing it for science, and he's he's doing the it magic for, of science. The magic of science. <laughs> I think is our, that's going to be our title. That's going to be the title at this yeah. point. But um, yeah, it's just like it's it's all based on motivation, and it's our our convenience. Yeah, yeah. The DC mini is literally. It's it, was, like, okay. it was necessary to explain how this was possible in the first place, but about halfway through the story, it's like, this doesn't matter anymore. Pretend you don't see it, except yeah. when we have, uh, what's the fat guy's name? Tatsuki? Yeah, Tatsuki. Or 
I think Totsky's a character in another movie. Yeah. But <laughs> when the inventor goes to put it on so he can enter the other guy's world, and you're thinking, don't do that. You're going to get in trouble. It's because we've not seen him go into the world. Yeah. So, of course, he needed to unlock his mind for the 24 hours, yeah. following 24 hours. And then he turns into a giant robot with his face on a screen. Yeah. Until he eats both paprika and chiba. Yeah. And then a baby bursts out of his chest. Yeah, it's kind of weird. A dream baby. Weird. Anyway. Yeah, either way. It's, so like, it's, you said, like you said, the DC Mini, for the most part, is unnecessary throughout most of the movie. Yeah. It's kind of like a... It's a multi-spalking. It's just like something they need. And then, by like you said, by the middle of the film, it's no longer... It's more of a hindrance. It's than, more of a hindrance or it's no longer needed. Yeah. It's, hey, we're going to drop it to a dream. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, she has to ha- put it on when she goes back into the dream where she comes out looking like Sun Wukong. But she's in that dream mode for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Either way. So yeah. It's a it's a it's a very weird film, and it's just like by the middle of it, it's like okay. I have a theory, and this just occurred to me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go for it. The when you use the DC Mini to enter the dream world, you have more control over your dream. Right. But if you enter the dream world passively, like. 99% 99% of the rest of the characters in this movie. Right. You are it's it's kind of like it, it's like you're being washed away with the current. With yeah. the DC mini you can anchor yourself to what you're doing and maybe even have control over it. Okay. More you can you're more likely to lucid dream. Yeah. But without it you're more likely to not lucid dream and and admittedly, we see them even go through the lucid parts of it. The non-lucid parts of it from time to time. So anyway. Yeah. It's a theory. I don't know how true it is. It works. Uh, Paul J. Powers in our chat does have an, a good question we should okay. bring up. Okay. He says, we haven't answered the burning question. Okay. Does paprika make a pizza taste better? I don't know. I've never done it. So. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. This character, uh, let's let that's that's all that's a whole that's a whole another kettle of fish. Th- yeah, that's they yeah, exactly. So um, now on that note, uh, we need to rate this thing. Okay, what are you rating it? You go first. You want me to go first? Go I'm first. Get a seven. You get a seven. Okay. Seven. The animation is top notch. Yeah. Um, my prudishness, admittedly, does knock it down for my enjoyment level. Okay. A little bit. Uh, the villains being so use awful in this knock it down too. It's it's got some story beat problems, but it's got a lot of great concepts. Yeah. In many ways, I kinda wish it focused on the detective and his dreams, and maybe that would have helped him find the murderer and the case he was looking for, and that might have been a more interesting story from yeah. my perspective. I'd agree with you on that. This other thing was just like where, where, where the movie actually goes, I don't think is as good as it could have been. But, yeah, it, uh, it, it drops the murder mystery angle, like, just quickly. quickly. And it's like, the murder mystery was an interesting part of the story that yeah. is never answered. Yeah. it's actually not important to the story. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm giving it a seven because pretty much the concepts are good. The animation on those concepts are good. It's yeah. just the story itself is kind of bleh. Yeah, agreed. I would agree with you. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, I love the visual storytelling, the like every aspect visually. It's just amazing uh, how they, how they tell the story and how, like I said before, how it's the kind of, I don't know if the, um, 
the director or the writer, you know, had any any idea of total depravity. But I just love how they visually show it. And like even though it is disturbing, it, it is very interesting to watch. And I love that from a visual standpoint or artistic standpoint. I really enjoy that. It's great concepts. But like you said, the story is just kind of like, huh? Wait, you're doing this. One of our guys jumps out of a building, survives. Mind you, it's a three to four story building. He just bounces away from it. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it. And then it's just there, there's a lot of logic in here. that just goes out the window. Now, yeah, like it's it's got there again good story beats. It's got some good ideas, and it's 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 got some flaws to it story wise. Mm-hmm. But overall, visually, I was just floored, hammered by this movie, and it was just fantastic visually. Yeah, so that's I'm giving it eight. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast, which means we need to announce the next movie on our list. Uh-huh. And that is just weird. Sorry, I got confu- confused by something I was looking on here. I think I know why that did this, but either way. The next movie that we're reviewing mm-hmm. is one of yours. Yeah. So, uh, what are we watching next? The Last Unicorn. I've heard this is a sad movie. Uh, it is, actually. But I've never watched it. Yeah. It's it's one of those 1980s films that I remember watching as a kid, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is good as a kid. And um, I thought it was a little weird because it was about a unicorn. But um, but yeah, it's it's got a huge cult following. Huge. Oh my gosh. And uh, it's really good story storytelling-wise. And uh, I think more people need to watch it. So yeah, we are doing The Last Unicorn. All right, so uh, join us for that next time. In the meantime, however, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Stupid Red Bull. It gave you wings? You shall see. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.